So is it any coincidence that now I am a podcaster who podcasts about deep talks, basically awareness, that sort of thing, with hopefully many powerful metaphors that I may get from rap? Is it any coincidence that what I do every day is really a target of those three things? What are you unreasonably good at? And that one, the best way to figure that one out from what I've found is you got to figure out what makes other people insecure. Welcome to Next Level University. I am your host, Kevin Palmieri. And I am your co-host, Alan Lazarus. At Next Level University, we believe in a heart-driven but no BS approach to holistic self-improvement for dream chasers. We bring you seven episodes per week to help you level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. Self-improvement in your pocket every day from anywhere for free. Welcome to Next Level University. Next Level Nation, welcome back to another very special, as always, NLU Weekly Live Podcast, week number 130, What's Your Genius Zone? So Alan is the one who taught me about your genius zone back in the day. So I'm going to have Alan explain genius zone, and then I'll give a couple examples of maybe not necessarily how I found mine, but how it all aligns and how I know I am living within my genius zone. So the best way to describe a genius zone is what are you uniquely suited for? Um, What is your zone of genius in the sense of where your purpose, your passion, your craft, and your skills all coincide really, really well to serve the world in some deeply meaningful way? And so it it actually is kind of a heavy topic for 20 minutes, honestly. Of course. We all are born and we don't really know who we are yet. I think spiritually on some level we do, um, but we all are born sort of naked and ignorant and we don't really know who we are yet and, and what we're good at and not good at. We don't really know. And so I'll tell a quick story that I think is representative of of my genius zone. Um, and I know Kevin's got one as well, but I want everyone out there thinking about their own. It's very, very important. So think of your genius zone as... If you stay in your genius zone, you're going to maximize your own unique potential, excuse me, and your own unique greatest level of contribution. That's the idea here is, um, and and a a simple analogy for this would be Michael Jordan playing basketball is his genius zone versus baseball, which was not. And that's kind of a good, he did both. So he, he won three championships for those of you who don't know in the, I think late nineties. And then he went and played baseball for, I think, a year or two. And then he came back and then won three more championships. And so that's a good example of two different sports, two different genius zones. And obviously, basketball was a greater level of contribution and a higher potential. So when I was in seventh grade, Kev, you remember a teacher named Mr. Balunas? I do. And uh, he was a math teacher. And my my mom went to a parent-teacher conference with Mr. Balunas. And Mr. Balunas jokingly said, what are you doing here? Uh, Mr. Balunas taught math and what he was really trying to say to my mom is like, you don't have to be here. Like you're good. Like Alan's fine (laughs) essentially. Um, and she said, I have to know. She went up to him and said, I have to know, is this gift, uh, for math going to, going to stick around? And he said, yeah. So he told her, yeah, for sure. Um, even back then he realized that I had a gift for math. Um, that translated eventually to mathematics, uh, beyond math, which is physics and all the sciences as well. Um, they've always come fairly easy to me. 
whereas reading did not. Let me give an example of not my, my genius zone. I remember my mom when I was a young, young boy uh, coming to me and saying, Alan, you got picked. You got picked. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, there was only four people in the class that got, that, that got chosen for um, these special reading uh, things. Mm-hmm. And you got picked. You got picked. So I used to get taken out of the classroom for special reading classes. And I remember they would teach me how to read and they would, names that I couldn't pronounce, they'd say, I'll just call them Jeff or call that woman Jane and it would help me learn how to read. And so I wasn't a natural reader. I wasn't as good at reading, writing, and uh, reading and writing, but I was really, really good at arithmetic, which was math. So like, I remember doing times tables um, and they would, you, you'd have competitions of who could do the times tables the fastest. And I used to always want to win. And, but with reading, it never came naturally to me. It still kind of doesn't. I'm still a slow reader, genuinely. Mm. Um, and so that's just a good example of, we've all heard these concepts of nature versus nurture. Nature is the genetics that you're born with and nurture is your upbringing. And I think of genius zone as the perfect amalgamation or integration rather of what you're uniquely suited for genetically and what the world needs and also what your upbringing also fostered um and so there's a hell of a rabbit hole here yeah but i think it's going to be good for people to contemplate what theirs might be yeah this is a deep one that we could definitely do and maybe we will maybe we'll do like a full episode on it but i thought it's it's a good thing to talk about at least if you haven't been exposed to it it's a good idea to hear about it and say okay well what am i doing in my life and is that actually aligned with my genius zone so i have three things that i wrote down with three stories and again one of the best parts of my quote-unquote job i guess this my occupation is people interview me a lot and i get to connect dots that i didn't always know were going to connect so i want you to imagine this one of my buddies and i shout out to andrew we go and meet uh, a group of friends that he has they were called the bumble crew because one of his friends met them on one of the dating apps bumble and we go and i meet them for the first time and we literally stayed up until two or three in the morning and i basically gave like a seminar on like hyper consciousness i was just talking deep talks deep tops uh, deep talks deep talks didn't know these people this is the first time i ever met them so i want you to to write number one next to that deep talks number two when i remember alan aol instant messenger Oh yeah. I had a buddy, him and I were into rap in whatever, this was probably early, yeah, early 2000s, like 2002, 2003, maybe four. And (laughs) one night we were like, Hey, let's have a rap competition. I'll write a word. And then you just make a word that rhymes with you type in a word that rhymes with it. And it was pretty easy, like dog, you know, log fog it got really interesting when we started getting into two and three syllable words when I was like, you know, um, arithmetic, I'm sick of this, like that kind of stuff. When we got to that, I was like, Oh, I am way better than this person at this. And (laughs) shortly thereafter, I started writing poetry and raps. Never understood that. I didn't know that that comes easier to me than, than other people. Third thing, speaking, I did a Facebook video. There was no Facebook Live in 2016, but I did a Facebook video in 2016 about do you deserve to be happy? And that was me speaking. So is it any coincidence that now I am a podcaster who podcasts about deep talks, basically, awareness, that sort of thing, with hopefully many powerful metaphors that I may get from rap? Is it any 
coincidence that what I do every day is really a target of those three things. That is my genius zone. My genius zone is being in front of a microphone. And again, I'm not the best rapper in the world, but I honestly think I could be really, really good if I, if I committed time to it. Because to Alan's point, I do think that's something I have some sort of gift in. I'm not, I'm never, I don't think I would ever be the best in the world, but I do think I could be in a higher percentage than maybe if I was to go, you know, do math or become an author or whatever it may be. I do think I have more gifts there. So if you think about it, that's what I do every single day. I have deep talks on a microphone. I use metaphors to try to, to get points to land. But for me, and Alan's going to go into this, but for me, I look back and it's like, oh, it makes sense now. I never asked myself the questions to really figure out what it was. <clears throat> it's so interesting too, because I remember uh, one of my professors, his name was Jerry Schaffeld. He was at WPI and in my business degree, he we were starting mock companies, which is essentially start a company that's not real as a team, as a class, just in theory. And I remember he sat me down once. He said, you have to be the CEO. And I asked him, because from my perspective back then, I had no idea why. He's like, no, because you're the one who has vision. Like, you you have to be the CEO. And I was, and I did, and we won. Uh, it's so interesting now, like, looking back, like, we won several business competitions. Um, again, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. It's that great Steve Jobs quote of but you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future because that'll give you courage, right? And so if you're watching or listening to this, I don't want this to be about Kevin and myself. I want this to be about you finding your genius zone. And I think the first thing to talk about with genius zone is realizing that it's a never-ending search. I'm more in my genius zone, excuse me, now than I ever have been, but I'm not as much in it as I'm going to be in two years from now. And in four years from now, and in six years from now, I keep burping a lot. Kids Sorry, out here burping. I'm just posting. <laughs> I just took a picture of us. And I'm going to post it to Facebook. So if you could keep it together, I, I appreciate that, brother. <laughs> um, burping is also my genius zone. Apparently, it is, especially on the podcast. <laughs> so you know what it is? It's these zoas. They got so I much know. carbonation. All right. So how do you find your genius zone? How do you know? The first thing is just contemplating, constantly contemplating who you are and what you're good at and what you're not good at. And I think one of the reasons why people don't know their genius zones is because they aren't as honest with themselves about what they're not good at. So I'll just give you a tiny example. Again, we're using us as an example, but we want you thinking of yourself. So Kevin in bodybuilding, he builds muscle really easily. He's also very strong. Um, and I think that bodybuilding has always statistically come fairly easy to you. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah. I Again, I don't know if this is true. The doctor may have told all the, the baby's parents this, but when I was a baby, the doctor said I had the best muscle tone out of any baby he had ever worked with. But I think he also told me the same thing. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, results may vary. <laughs> so results may vary based on which doctor told They're you just what. They're saying, just saying that to everybody in 88 and 89, evidently. Would you say that um, ever since you started weight training, you put on muscle pretty yes. easily though? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, in a long distance run, I have really, really long legs, like very, very long legs. So in a long distance run, I'm in my genius zone more than Kevin is in basketball. I'm six foot two. He's five foot six, five foot five. I appreciate that. Five foot five, five, five ish, but I'll take okay. six. I'm Derek Smith. And I just wanted to talk to you real quick about group coaching. I found it to be very beneficial. The biggest thing that I got from it 
was definitely the tap out and keeping track of the daily habits. It's much easier to get these priorities done when it's scheduled. That way you know that you're doing them first compared to trying to fit them in later. So scheduling it and getting that done first and then having something accountable every single day to do those was definitely beneficial. So if you're thinking about giving group coaching a chance, you should definitely do it. So in basketball, I'm more in my genius zone than Kevin is. In bodybuilding, he's more in his genius zone than I am, which is why I did men's physique competitions. So the idea here is just self-awareness, which is asking yourself these questions. So the way to break this down is you have purpose, you have passion, you have the vehicle, and then you have profitability. Um, And I'm going to break down each really quickly because we have... Eight minutes on the clock. The first one is purpose. I think your purpose is essentially why are you here? What are you here to contribute in the world? And there's a couple questions to ask yourself about that. So we have something called the True North questions. I have it up on my phone right now. And we have a digital asset. So if anyone uh, wants that, please reach out. And also uh, for the production team, can you please put this as a link in the show notes as well? Because this gets repurposed as a podcast episode. Okay, so... The first question is, what breaks your heart the most? Oftentimes, Emilia will talk to me about um, seeing someone litter, or I have this new um, company that I'm working with that is trying to essentially take polluted rivers in Pakistan and um, turn that into not only a not not polluted water source, but also um, the carbon footprint. They're trying to improve it. And she was so pumped to hear that I was working with these people. Um, because the environment, whenever the environment was, or nature was suffering, she has massive pain. It breaks her heart. Um, so for example, when we see roadkill on the side of the road, always bothers Emilia. Bothers me too, honestly. But I, I, whenever something bothers her, I'll often say, um, or frustrates her, I'll say, it's supposed to frustrate you. That's supposed to bother you. That's part of your purpose. Mahatma Gandhi had a great quote that said, be the change that you wish to see in the world. So um, what breaks your heart most is a really good question to ask yourself. One of the things that breaks my heart is the fact that we were not taught about finance in, in school. I know there's some high schools that have finance classes, but ours did not. And we use money every single day. And, and I teach people finance all the time. Um, I'm a coach and a and, uh, business coach, so I'm always teaching that stuff, and it always blows my mind how little we were ever taught anything about this. So what breaks your heart? That's your purpose, okay? Number two, what pisses you off the most? What frustrates you so much? For me, squandered potential in myself and in other people. When people don't put a lot of effort into things um, and they squander their own potential, it bothers me t- deeply. And that's why my purpose is to help people maximize their potential. See, there's clues in all of this stuff. We are, you know, essentially when we see someone breaking a core value of ours, it bothers us and we wonder why. And it's because we're meant to embody that core value and bring that more to the world. In this case, potential is one of my core values. Okay, so that's purpose. That's the first one. The second one is passion. Passion, the, the true north question that goes with passion is what do you love to do the most even when it kind of sucks? The real question is even when it's hard. I just like Mm kind of sucks. Um, So what do you love doing even 
even when it's really, really difficult. So, Kev, I'll use you as an example. Uh, Kev went on 245 podcasts, or he did 245 podcasts, including our own and Podcast Growth You, in the last 92 days. We have this all tracked. And shout out to Laura, by the way, because without her, there's no way that would have happened. Mm. But 245 podcast episodes in 92 days, honestly, sounds terrible to me. But you know, I, what's, you know what's interesting, Alan? I was away in Colorado for 10 of those days. So that's, I don't even think we're, I think it's actually less days. So it's 82 days. Then. I think so. I think it's probably actually 80 days. But here's the thing, ready? How terrible does it sound to you for me to have that many one hour coaching calls? Yeah, I don't want to do that. Right. I don't want to so do that. So Kevin and I have, have learned our genius zones and he's leaned into the podcast side. I've leaned into the business side. I've He's leaned into podcasting. I've leaned into, yes, I podcast too. And he coaches too. But we've leaned more into I'm doing more of the coaching. He's doing more of the podcasting. We used to both go on shows. And by the way, I can tell that you do enjoy it more than I do. Mm. You do. Yeah, do. Now, I that doesn't it. mean we enjoy every moment. That doesn't mean he loved every single one of those. It just means that it... If you're going to do 245 things that are difficult in 82 days, it might as well be something you enjoy. Now, that does not mean you're going to love every minute of it. And I think that you don't know what you love. You don't know you love something because you always want to do it. You know you love something because you're always glad you did. And I think that that's an important piece as well. Okay, so purpose, passion, the vehicle. The vehicle is, let's say your passion, let's say your purpose is to bring uh, personal development to the, to the masses. Let's say the, um, the passion is you love writing. The vehicle in this case would be you can blog or you can write books. Um, or you can do an audiobook because maybe speaking is your pa- uh, passion and, and the vehicle could be audiobooks. So the vehicle is kind of the medium. And that's why there's actually a website called medium.com. That's a blogging website. They called it medium.com because what's the medium? So in this case, the iPhone is the medium. If I were to send you a FaceTime um, right now, uh, StreamYard is the medium. Podcasting technically is is the medium. But So you've got your purpose, your passion, the vehicle. Okay, what's the vehicle you choose? And then you've got profitability. Profitability, last question to ask yourself, what does this world desperately need? The clients that I was telling you about that are getting rid of the pollution, uh, uh, the polluted rivers, or working on the polluted rivers in in Pakistan, there's a huge need for that. Obviously, you know, the world is very concerned with, you know, global warming. And so there's a huge need. As a matter of fact, um, there's a lot of grant money for people solving this problem, right? And then the very last thing here is what are you unreasonably good at? And that one... The best way to figure that one out from what I've found is you got to figure out what makes other people insecure. When you're really, really, really good at something, most likely the people around you who aren't that good at it won't tell you because they're actually insecure about it. And that's just human nature. Um, and, I'll, and I'll give one example. I'm, uh, I sometimes read out loud to Emilia before bed because um, I'll be reading and she'll be like, can you read out loud? Your voice soothes me. And I'm a really slow reader. So I get kind of insecure. I don't want to say really slow, but I'm definitely slower than her. Um, so that's not my genius zone and that makes me insecure. 
when we're doing math equations and stuff, there's no insecurity anywhere to be found. I mean, if anything, I'm probably arrogant. I just don't struggle in that arena at all, almost ever. Um, and, and the other people around me that maybe don't feel super intelligent or they don't think they're good at math, which is a lot of people, a lot of people don't like math. And they've told themselves that story, so they never got good at it. It just makes them very insecure. And so um, how do you find your genius zone? You understand all of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. And oftentimes you'll hear people talk about the genius zone or the zone of genius when it comes to business. Like what are the things that you should be doing and what shouldn't mm -hmm. you be doing? What should other people be doing? I think for you, it can always start as, it doesn't have to be like a professional thing. When I started podcasting it, that was based on the fact that I remember after Alan interviewed me on Conversations Change Lives, I remember saying to our other buddy, shout out to Andrew, another, another plug for Andrew, I said, imagine if you could do that for a living. I literally lost track of time. I lost track of time in that episode. An hour and a half seemed like it was 10 minutes. That's another indicator that you're doing something you love. You find flow. You find flow. And that's why Alan always goes over. In like anytime I say, hey, we got five minutes, do it. Alan gets into flow where I think I'm just used to kind of directing. So I, I probably don't go as deep in flow. Um, but I think, yeah, I think this is something to look at. It's, are you going to know right off the bat? No, but you knowing, okay, well, there actually is something that I'm meant to be doing because I'm genetically gifted. It's something I enjoy doing, even when it's not the best thing in the world and it's kind of sucky and I'm really passionate about it. It's something beyond surface level that moves me to do this. This is the last thing I'll say, and then we'll, we'll kick it to Q and a Alan and I were, I tell this story all the time on podcast, Alan, but I don't know if you've ever told it. Alan and I were in the airport getting ready to go to Florida and we were, it was in the morning. Alan and I were sitting, I think Alan was working and I was just getting ready for the flight. And there was a, a man and a woman with three kids. I don't know if they were married. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they were a couple. I assume that they were. The, mo the woman was trying to feed the kids and they were crawling all over her. And I can imagine feeding three little kids at the airport is a nightmare. And the man comes staggering over and you could tell that he was drunk. And again, I'm not judging, but I want you to, to see how this all lines up. And, you know, they're, they're kind of arguing and the, the woman says, hey, can you take this little one to go get a drink? Like, they're really bothering me. I need some space. And when I say the, the guy was dragging the kid across the floor of the airport, I'm not kidding. He was dragging the kid across the floor. And Alan and I literally had to stop ourselves from saying something. Like, because that, that hurts us so deeply, seeing a little kid get treated that way or seeing the potential that this person didn't have the opportunity to work on themselves, to look in the mirror and realize they're maybe not being a good caregiver. Alan and I were like crying, getting ready to get on this airplane. The reason I tell that story is because one of the things that we have seen is toxic masculinity hurting our listeners, hurting our community, and hurting the NLU family. That's one of the reasons, one of the through lines that we stay in every single day. We try to be the least ego versions of ourselves, and we want to be better behind the scenes than we are in front of the scenes. So that's a whole nother topic that might not necessarily, well, I guess, it's attached to the passion part. We're so passionate about making sure that everybody gets treated with the utmost respect that that kind of stuff really, really hurts us. So I wanted to add that. I remember I had to put my earplugs in and open my laptop and just yeah. completely ignore it. It was very um, challenging. Yeah, it really was. That was brutal for us. And it's like, what are we going to do? We got to move to another, this is our flight. Right. So yeah, it's either, but yeah, no, I, I appreciate you bringing that story up. And I think that again, what breaks your heart, what pisses you off, there's something to learn there. 
because yeah. that broke our heart and pissed us off. And that's why we're trying to help the world be more holistic. And yeah, cool. Next level nation. If you have not yet, we are still running our giveaway where if you leave us a review, you screenshot it, you send it to Alan and or myself, we'll enter you into a drawing to win a hundred dollar Amazon gift card. Think of it this way. If you leave a review and nobody else does that month and you let us know, you'll be getting the $100 Amazon gift card. The odds are pretty good all things considered, and it's free money, which helps us help more people. So I would say that is a win-win-win. Link is in the show notes, as well as the Facebook room, whatever thing it is, comments, whatever. <laughs> Strong work, Kevin. Yeah, not it's really. going to be tough to follow that up, brother. <laughs> hey, I'm just joking. that's my genius zone. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, that's my genius zone. Well, now let's test if it's mine. Uh, speaking, of things that I, <laughs> speaking of things that I struggled with as a kid, reading reading was not my genius zone no so this book switched by dan and chip uh dan and chip heath <laughs> here we go uh every saturday 12 30 p.m eastern standard time there's a link in the show notes there will also be a link to register in the comments if you're watching on facebook live right now uh every single week we spend an hour contemplating the concepts in this book and every single time we finish a book we put a poll in Next Level Nation for the next book. And so we let the, the community vote on what books they want to read. It's really quite awesome. I hope you join us. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. We love connecting with the Next Level family. We mean it when we say family. If you ever need anything, please reach out to us directly. Everything you need to get a hold of us is in the show notes. Thank you again, and we will talk to you tomorrow.